0: Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Yorodeya Khali Ksheni, Hilchas Mila, Halohe He from the beginning. We dedicate the learning today, Lilo Nishmas Yantafradal Bas Rubida Aryeh, Hareni Kapuras Mishkova, and Lilo Nishmas, David Yohishua Heshul Ben Eliezer, and for a complete or full shalema for all those that need it, including Khaviga Khanabazgalia. Shlomo ben Rivka Sprintzel, David ben Behia, Shendol bas <laughs> Lea, <laughs> Shlaminissa ben Mazal, Avram David ben Chana, Soregitl bas Chana Riva, Miriam Esther bas Soregitl, David Leib ben Shana, Yehuda Go'arie ben Bernice, Avivlano bas Yisbendol, Sarocha bas Chaim Arye ben Bracha, Chaim ben Rachel, Chavaliba (laughs) bav smerim dvoira, peretzaleo ben Soraleya, shira, nechama fega bas chavaliba, pesia bas chaye esther, soralea bas chavaliba, getaganendel bas sipoira, libalea bas sipoira, chanemero bas estagolda, besoych shah choyli Israel. This halacha will be based on chapter 65 in Likut HaMoran. study that chapter well. It's one of the deeper chapters in Likut <clears throat> It's a shir that Rabbein gave around the time that his son, Shorup Afrayim, passed away. The the BRI, English version, version, is called Garden of the Souls. And it's a very, very special... Every Torah is special, but it gives incredible insights about pain and suffering, etc. Let's see the Chidushin that Rabnosan Zal reveals on this topic. And by coincidence, paragraph Gimel is Vesey Bechinas Bein Hametzorim, explaining the three weeks that we're in right now. Rabnosan Zal begins Vesey b'chinas Mila. What Rabnosan Zal discusses over there in Kutuman is related to the Mitzvah Mila. The baby experiences major pain when the mohel is cutting away the orla. Because that foreskin that covers the bris, that's... <coughs> That represents the Tumah of the snake, the original snake. That's the origin and the source of all sins and all negativity that's related to all the materialistic desires of this world. Which in that chapter in Likot Imran, Rabbi Nezal uses the expression from the Zohar Kodesh. A person being involved and engrossed in the materialistic world. Chesu Dayama means the look of this world. A person being attracted to and, and involved in the, the, the Gashmias, the Oilom the materialistic world. Because the Zohar Kodesh tells us that the Orla, Kavdin the Bris, is like these spiritual clouds that cover our eyes. There are these klippos, these forces of tumma, that try to block us from being able to see what we should be seeing. Rabbein Asal refers to this in chapter 67 in the second half of Likutimran, which is related very much to Tishabah of the three weeks, Bereshus, <clears> Leine, <throat> Where there he speaks about these Anonen, the machasyan al the klipois of Asa and Yishmoel that cover our eyes, that don't allow us to see what we need to see. This is the cloud and the darkness, the spiritual darkness of all the materialistic desires of this world. A person looks at a delicious ice cream sundae or a, a beautiful amusement park and says, what, what kind of darkness? This is light and the person doesn't realize, the person doesn't realize this is not light. I'll show you when a person is to see what real light is, what Torah is, what spiritual light is, they realize that compared to spiritual light, this is darkness. These these forces try to overpower our eyes. To try to block us from being able to look at our ultimate purpose in life, but rather to be diverted, looking to the sides at all the attractions of this materialistic world. This is the look of this lowly world, the Oilam Agashmi, and therefore. When we want to remove this orla, the person has to endure major, major pain. <coughs> An example of this is the tremendous pain that the baby experiences during the bris mila. Because Hashem has put it into human nature that when we're experiencing major pain, we close our eyes tight, very, very tight, Kanira as we see in real life. And by closing our eyes to this world, it enables us to look past this world, to look into oilam Haba, to look into the, our ultimate purpose. Al By a person closing their eyes very tightly from looking at the diversions of this world. Shezeo <coughs> This is exactly what's taking place when that or is being cut away. Shehu anonin de which on a spiritual level is like those clouds that cover the eyes. Shehu Vizua This is the look and the tumma of this materialistic world. Ba as is explained very elaborately in chapter sixty-five in the Kudaman, Paragraph Gimel, Ayin Sham Study it very, very well. Now, many people are going to have a problem with what I just said. What kind of description of this is of this world that Hashem created? The world is beautiful. I'll show you Sfarim where it says the beautiful Hashem created a beautiful world. The Rambam says in order to be able to love Hashem, just open your eyes and look at the trees, look at the leaves, look at the flowers, look at all the beauty. What's he talking about here? This horrible, horrible world. The answer is both are true. It's not a contradiction. On one level, on a certain level, the world is beautiful. If, if you connect it to Hashem, if you believe that Hashem created the world, Hashem is operating the world, Hashem is running the world, and Hashem is the goodness in everything in this world, the goodness when I eat a mango and it's soft and it's delicious and it's sweet and it's juicy. The goodness in there is the Hashem inside of it. When I when I recognize that, when I realize that, and I make brachas on for etc. etc., then the world is a wonderful place. It's a springboard for Olam Haba. But looking at this world as an independent entity, just by itself without relating it to Hashem and without it serving as a springboard for the future, for eternity. A person just living in this world for living in this world without any purpose further than that, what for? What for? It's so much more convenient to die than have to get up and get dressed and wash myself and bathe myself and brush my teeth. And, and then go earn a living and deal with Shalambayi, deal with all the challenges and difficulties and struggles of this world. So here again, here we're being given a certain understanding to know that this world, in this world there are forces of evil, there's Tumor, there's a Nochosh, there's a Satan who tries to make this world very attractive and to, tries to get us totally preoccupied with the Gashnias of this world in order to forget that we're on a mission. We're on a mission. The mission is to get to the next world, that this world is a proizdoer. It's an alleyway, it's a hallway to lead to the main room. And those people who make the hallway into the main room, they want to establish themselves permanent. They're trying to establish permanence in this world. They're fooling themselves. They've been tricked by the sat on the Sahara, to think that there's any kind of permanence here. Not everything here is temporary. And again, its main purpose is to help us get to eternity, to help us get to permanence. Paragraph base. But in order, question in the chat, but in order to live and participate in this world, isn't it necessary to look at it? The answer is yes and no. For example, there's a halacha, That before a person marries a woman, he's got to see, he's got to look at her. He's got to see her to see, is this what I want? That kind of thing. And at the same time, the Torah warns men to be careful to avoid looking at women. Avoid looking. So so both are true. It's not a contradiction. A person needs, a person, here again, there are certain people who walk around with their eyes closed. They don't want to look out of their Dalet because they don't want to be swallowed up. They don't want to be harmed by looking at this world. That's one path. I remember my Rebbe, Reb Michal Zechon, used to say that a Breast lover has to be in the world and out of the world. Meaning, to eat and drink and sleep and, and, and live and get married and have... But at the same time, never to forget what place this world has in my life what place Gashmius has in my life versus Ruchmias. Please.
1: It says that the thing we shouldn't look at is the ta'avot olam hazeh v'havalav. Exactly. And you could interpret ta'avot meaning our addictions. So you could say what we shouldn't look at is the things we're addicted to, that will draw us without control into this world deeply. But things that we're not addicted to, that we can appreciate objectively and beautifully, we can appreciate tremendously. It
0: makes sense. It's true. That however the word taiva means desires also, not only addictions. Unfortunately, addictions are usually something that somebody desires and and gets involved and becomes addicted to it. But again, all of the materialistic desires of this world, things that attract our attention, things that get us to, to be, depending on the level of involvement and growth, like what you're saying, objective. If a person can objectively eat and objectively sleep and doing those things because I know it's necessary, it's important, it's important, but it's not my life. Those trucks that say Coke is life, Coke is not my life. Hashem is my life. The Torah is my life. Olam Haba is life. This world is not, again, to the degree that I'm living properly in this world, I'm living for a purpose, that's called life. I'm I'm alive, you know, that kind of thing, for sure. Paragraph hashmini, and based on what we learned here, we'll understand why the bris is done on the eighth day of the child's life, after the child already lived in this world for seven days, Shehem keneged shivas yemei bereshis, which correspond to the seven days of the week. Shehem bechinah shivas yemei Habinyan, shebohem nivrohoilam, which correspond to the seven spheres, the seven midois of Hashem. Chesed, gevurah, Teferis netzachoi, yesoid, malchus, with which Hashem created, ah, uh, uh, the seven days of creation during which Hashem created the world, Shekoyleel kol Hasheva Midois, which encompasses the seven attributes of Hashem that we just mentioned: Hezer Rotius, Shebohem, Vora, in which is found good and bad: Kiyesh, Sheva, Midois, Big Dusha, because there are seven holy midois, theim, Lehe, kayadua. And there are seven midois of the Sitrahra. There's chesed, there's ahavois nefulois, yirois nefulois. There's this chesed of the sitrachra. Ki le'uma zeh, because as it says in Kohelis, Hashem created good and bad parallel to each other. V'chol hatayvos, v'chol nimshochen hasheva midos k'yedua. All of the desires, and all of the cravings and addictions uh, which are which which we're calling the the looks of this world they come they draw from these seven medoz and that's also where the orla is attached which is those clouds that cover the eyes gilday as the Zohar Kodesh speaks about seven membranes of the eye, <speaking in Hebrew> which originate from what it says in, in Zechariah Novi, that the eyes of Hashem are seven which, which observe the entire world, which travel and observe the entire world. They oversee the entire world. Shalze his hero his son Rabbi Seinuzal. And it's about this that our rabbis warn us: stay focused. There's a pasuk, lenoichach yabitu. Make sure your eyes are focused on the goal, on the target, looking straight ahead. Don't get diverted, don't look to the sides. Don't get distracted by the things going on on the sides. chas Shalam but rather to remember all the time Sheyesh Ayin, There's an eye that sees, there's the eye of Hashem that's watching me. As it says in Perkyovis, always be aware of what's above you. Ayin There's an eye that's supervising and watching you. And this is why the pasuk says, your eyes should look forward, straight, and your eyelids should keep you focused directly. What's directly across you? That a person should focus their eyes and their and their eyelids to look." at at, straight ahead, at the goal, at the purpose, at the mission. This is the main test of a human being in this world who has free choice. This is why Hashem has put us in this world to be tested, to have these options, to have these distractions because the entire Torah is dependent on the eyes. Kemay as it says, Don't allow yourself to be misled, to be misdirected by your heart's desires and by your eyes. I once gave an entire shir, I remember, about the eyes showing the sources. I remember, could be this, it's based on this halacha or certain other halachas the Likuta halachas, we know that the Torah begins with the word bereshesh. The Tikkun Ezzurra tells us that the word bereshesh is about the eyes, because the word bereshesh is comprised of two parts, the base and the tof, the bas, which is the pupil of the eye, which is called bas ayin. The remaining letters are roshe, reish Shin shinyud. Roshe refers to the ova, Avraham who are called ele Roshay b'nei which correspond to the three colors of the eye. The Tlas Gavnen De'ena, it's called. The Zohar Kodesh refers to the eye as Tlas Gavnen De'ena, Ubas ayin. So that's the roshe and the Bas. That's the word Bereshus. That's the beginning of the Torah. And the last words of the Torah are Le'ene Kol yisrael, The great, wondrous things that Moshe Rabbeinu did before the eyes of the entire Jewish nation. So the Torah begins with eyes and ends with eyes, and again, there is so much focus throughout the Torah, looking at the letters of the Torah, not looking at what I shouldn't look at. The Gemara says, "The eyes see." How does a sin begin? The eyes see. The heart desires, and the body. Eyes are all about the eyes. The Einayim. The Alkain. Hatoyra Maschiles Mibareshes Shehi B'chinas Tlas Gavnen in this line, Rav is assuming that you've studied the chapter in Likut Moran. In that chapter in Likut Moran, Rav Benazal explains that we have this world and we have the Olam Haba. Just like in this world, when a person's eyes are open... On a clear day, they can see a certain distance. They can see five miles. A person looks out at the ocean. There's a boat out there that's five miles away. I can see it. If the boat is seven miles away, I won't be able to see it. What if I want to stretch my vision? What if I want to be able to see further or better than I can with my eyes open? What do I do? I close my eyes. I squint. By squinting, by narrowing the opening of the eye it enables you to see further. Rabbein Hazal reveals an incredible thing in that chapter on the Kudram, that this world is full of good and bad. Olam haba is only good. The future world is kul ay If a person wants to be able to see past this world into the next world, the way that you do it is by closing your eyes. Close your eyes to the distractions, to the foolishness of this world, that will enable you to see into the next world, to connect to that place that's all goodness. And Rabbeinu explains, that's why when a person is about to experience pain, the natural reaction is to close the eyes, close the eyes tightly. Why? Because if my eyes are open, then I'm connected to this world, which has good and bad, which has pain and suffering. If I close my eyes to this world, I can travel to the next world. I can travel, I can connect myself, plug into the next world, which is Kulay tawir. That can lessen the pain, lessen the suffering. But Rabbeinu Zal explains over there, okay, cute, can I do that all day? Can't do that all day. So what happens, reality check, what happens when I have to come back down here to earth? Rabbeinu says, when you're coming back down, the pain gets bigger, unfortunately. The sitrachra fights even stronger so, so how, what am, I, what am I benefiting from this? Rabbi Enel explains that the fact that you went up there and you made contact with that very bright light, some of that remains with you. Some of that Rishimu remains with you. And then if you study Torah, if you dive, if you connect to the Torah with that Rishimu, that'll give you sim, that you'll be b'simcha, you'll be happy, and that'll give you the ability to withstand the pain, the suffering, etc., etc. So this is what Rav Nelson Zal is referring to here now in this sentence. <clears throat> because the entire Torah, how do we connect to Torah? Based on that Rashimu, that imprint that's left in us from the beetle. Beetle means when I close my eyes completely and I disconnected, I pulled all the wires out that are connecting me to this world. I nullified and negated myself totally to Hashem. Kanal batonal, as Rabbi Nuzal explains over there in that chapter on the Imran, And it's only for this purpose that man has come down to this world. shehu Mole Havolim Vitaivois this world that's filled with all kinds of nonsense and materialistic desires, shehem <speaking in Hebrew> Dahayama, that's the look of this world, shehem <speaking in Hebrew> roitzem They're trying to confuse and disturb our ability to see, to see what we need to look at. <speaking in Hebrew> and when a person overpowers all of those materialistic desires, all of those distractions. And the person narrows the opening of the eye. Not to look at the attractions of this world, the distractions of this world. But rather, the person focuses and concentrates their eyes to look at the goal, the purpose, which is daiko This gives a Jew the ability to see the ultimate goal, Ma <coughs> Liroy Excuse me, which is a high level, which angels cannot reach, cannot achieve, because they don't have Bechira They don't have this opposition. Because for a person to be able to see into oilam, Haba, to see into that place that's all goodness, a person can only achieve that by being put into this world and closing their eyes to what you need to close your eyes in this world. It's only by a person passing through, living in this physical, materialistic world, which is the furthest thing away possible from the bright light of Hashem, from the Tachlis. And down there in this world, when a person trains themselves to close their eyes, and sent to focus on the future world, on the tachlis shom daiko It's specifically there. There meaning in this world, it's possible for a person to achieve this connection to that high, high place that malachim cannot connect to. Bibchinas, as the pasuk says in Yirmiyah, Hashem from far away. Hash, I, I see Hashem, Hashem is visible to me. Me daika. It's specifically from far away, like a person who pulls back on the bowstring of an arrow or on a slingshot. The further back you pull back, the further forward that arrow will fly. Al al hatinoik and this is why the child must experience and endure seven days of Orla which correspond to the seven membranes of the eye and the seven spheroes and from that place from the seven days of the week from this physical world the the child has to be able to has to close his eyes and nullify himself to the Tachlis that's what's taking place during that pain that the child is enduring of the bris the when the child is experiencing that pain the child closes its eyes tightly to the distractions of this world and by doing that on a spiritual level (coughs) The child is removing the orla, that zuama hanochash, that tum of the snake, the anonin, the mechasin, the clouds that cover the eyes, and that's what's taking place on a physical level by the moehel cutting away that physical orla simultaneously while the baby is in pain and clenching its eyes tightly to this world and thereby zapping pushing away the, uh, those clouds that cover the eyes. And through this, the baby is achieving this super high-level dvekus to Hashem, this dveikus to the, this beetle to the tachlis.
1: In the analogy between the eyelids and the orla, the eyelids are good for us because they separate us from this world. <coughs> But the orla is bad. So it's why? not the eyelids.
0: It's not the eyelids. It's the clouds. The, the afapa of the eyelids are good. They regulate the opening of the eye. It's these, yes, it's the clouds that cover the eyes, the spiritual clouds, which are these klipas, Esav and Ishmael, which are roimi Rapsa and Roymi Zereta, which is this, the, 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 the look of this world that covers my eyes, not allowing me to see Hashem, to see, to see the Torah, to see spirituality. That's what it is, not the eyelids.
1: So the eyelids get rid of these clouds.
0: The eyelids help us, they give us the ability to close our eyes and not be distracted by those clippers. By closing our eyes to the physical world, we're being able to see way past it. Oh, question, <clears throat> how does the baby receive this benefit without any das to understand or any awareness of the nature of this world? The answer is that even... This is a very, very, very important point that, that all of us need to, to hear. This is a point that I heard from Rav Rosenfeld, Zechran HaVracha, when he gave Shi'urim explaining, for example, what, what happens when we daven in how the Arizal and the Zohar Kodesh explain that Shachris is divided into four sections: Korbonos, Psuke de Zimra, Kriya Shma and its Brochos, and Shmon Esrei. And as we're davening these four pieces, we're traveling the four different worlds. The Korbonos the is the Tikkun for the Olam Huasir, Psuke de Zim is the tikken for the Oilam Hayatsira, and so on and so forth. And Rav Rosenfeld added, based on the Sifrei Kabbalah, that even a person who is not aware of this, a person who hasn't learned these words, Oilem HaSiyah, by saying these words, by davening Shachris properly, as well as I can, trying to concentrate on the Perush Hamilois, what the words mean, and picturing the fact that I'm standing in the presence of Hashem, all of this is happening automatically. All of these buttons are being pushed, these spiritual buttons and the why everything is happening automatically. So then what's the benefit in learning Kabbalah? What's it? The answer is, the more a person knows and understands, they, it happens on a higher level. It's better. But even those people that don't know Kabbalah at all and don't understand by performing a mitzvah, by putting on a pair of tzitzis and making the bro, automatically all of those tikkunim that the Arizal speaks about and the Zohar Kodesh speaks about, the spiritual tikkunim and the Yehudim that are, take place are being affected automatically. So even though the child doesn't necessarily have the das to know what's going on, <coughs> through this phys- the physical procedures that are taking place, <coughs> automatically this is occurring. <coughs> Just like the Arizal explains, he shows the parallel between these four sections of the tefillah and a person going to the bathroom in the morning. That's the tikan for the olam Asiyah. And goes on to show how putting tzitzis, the physical act of putting on tzitzis, is the oilam hayitzira. Tfillin is the oilam, showing how the physical activities parallel these spiritual activities that are taking place.
1: And one can convert a goyish baby in the mikvah without him understanding what's happening. He's totally converted.
0: Exactly. Correct. Correct. Paragraph Gimel bain and with this we'll have a whole new insight to the three weeks which are called bain between the boundaries. The boundaries are Shiva, Serebitamus, and Tishabov, These two major fast days. al where a good religious Jew is supposed to try to cry during these three weeks over the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Because when a person is crying, in the process of crying, a person closes their eyes. And we're, we, we suffer, we feel terrible over the realization that we see how far we are from where we could be, where we should be. Once upon a time, we had a base samikdosh where you were able to see Hashem. How do you see Hashem when you're in a place that's wall-to-wall miracles? When, when things are going along in a natural way, Hashem is hidden. Hateva is Bhigimatriya Elohim. Elohim is mida Sadin, Hashem is hiddenness. When miracles take place, whoa, there's no autopilot, there's a real pilot. Hashem is running the world. So the Baysamikdush was wall to wall, ten miracles taking place on a constant basis people saw Hashem, the emuna was so much stronger, and today we don't have that. <clears throat> so that even those people who want to look at the tachlis today, it's extremely difficult, because the Beis HaMikdosh was destroyed, and what is Beis HaMikdosh? It's the eyes and the heart of the Jewish people, Mahmad <laughs> e'neinu. The Beis is defined as G'oin Uzenu Mahmad Einenu. Remember the Gemara in the beginning of Baba Basra tells an incredible story. <clears throat> the Gemara says that the that Chashmoynoim ruled the Jewish people for a little over 200 years. And one day a bascoil came out saying, any servant that rebels now will succeed. Hurdus was a servant at that time. Herod, he heard this bascoil. he grabbed a knife, and he started murdering, murdering all of his masters, all the Hashmanoim. And he killed all of them. Because, again, it was an opportune moment. And then there was one girl left that was a descendant from Hashmanoim. She climbed up on top of a building, and she said, if anybody comes and claims He's Jew, he's a descendant of Hashmonaim. he's lying, because I'm the last one, and here I go, and she took her life. <clears throat> to make it clear that anyone who's going to tr- present himself as king now is not from the family of Hashmonaim. He's a servant. Then this servant, Hordus, knew that it says in the Torah, Mikerev achecha alecha melech, that in order to be a king of the Jewish people, you got to be a member, you got to be Jewish he wasn't Jewish so he said the rabbis are going to present the problem to me they're the ones who study Torah he murdered all the rabbis all the rabbis and one of them he left one of them alive Bava Ben Buta and him he blinded him how? the Gemara says he took a porcupine the skin of a porcupine with all of those needles and he wrapped it around Bava Ben Buta to gouge out his eyes this is a Gemara the beginning of Baba Basra and he still couldn't sleep at night. He was still insecure that maybe this rabbi is going to undermine his kingdom. So the Gemara says he went to Bav ben Buta, making believe he's a regular citizen, and he said, this lousy king, this bum, this... And Bava ben Buta said, you can't say that. The Torah says you're supposed to respect the king. <clears throat> but what if he's not Jewish? The Torah says even if he's not Jewish. He tested him once, one after... He said, but there's nobody around him. Nobody's listening. You can, you can say, you can talk, you can tell the truth, that he's a bum, he's a... He said, the walls have ears. And he saw that no matter what he would do, he couldn't get Bava Ben Buta to say anything against the king. So the Gemara says he realized his mistake. He said, guess what, buddy, I'm the king. <clears throat> and he said, I realize now that I made a big mistake in murdering all the rabbis. Is there anything I can do to fix it? So Bava Ben Buta said, yes, there is. You, the rabbis, are called the eyes of the Jewish people. Ene the eyes. You extinguish the eyes. The beis hamikdash is called the eyes. The pasuk says, "Ge'oin ushem, machmad einechem," that the beis hamikdash is the love of the eyes of the Jewish people. Everyone looks at the the beis hamikdash. Is in bad shape. If you will do a restoration of the beis hamikdash. You'll, that'll be a tikkun for having killed, murdered all the rabbis. The Gemara says, <coughs> what Hordas did, you can't imagine. Green marble, you would look at it, it looked like the waves of the sea. He did a fabulous, uh, person who didn't see the building that Hordas built, never saw beauty in their life. So this, this Gemara shows us clearly that again, the tzaddik, the rabbis, are the eyes of the Jewish people. The Beis Hamikdosh is the eyes of the Jewish people. Now, why Bava Bembuta? Here again, you need the Arizal. The Arizal reveals a secret that Bava Bembuta was a Gilgal of Shimshon Hagibor. Shimshon Hagibor, The word Gibur. The Torah defines Gibor "Ezehu Gibur haKoveishes Yitzroi." That a Gibor is one who closes his eyes. Who closes his eyes? And the Torah says that Shimshon Shimshon followed his eyes. That's the wording that's written. We know that Shimshnagibor is a tzaddik is Doylam. This is just, on his level, there was some kind of a pigam. That he saw a non-Jewish woman and he went, et etc. et cetera. And Shimshna was blinded. The plishtim gouged out his eyes. But the Arizal says it wasn't enough. He had to come back Begilgul again and again and again. And each time go through this experience of being blinded, having his eyes taken out in order to make a complete tikkun for what Shem Shnagibar did. And the Arizal says one of his Gilgulim was Rav Sheshis. The Gemara says there was a tzaddik Rav Sheshis. The Gemara says at the end of Baba Basra, it tells a story that the king was coming to town and everybody came out to see him. Rav Sheshis came out, says, so neighbor said, what are you, you can't even see. And the Gemara says Rav Sheshis showed him that he saw better than anybody else. But the says Rav Sheishis was blind. He was blind. So you have Rav Sheishis, and then you have Bava Ben Buta, and the Arizal says these two are the same. That Sheshes in Atbash is Bava, Beis Beis Aleph is Shin Shin Tav. and the Arizal shows Rabbi Masia Ben Harosh that these were all part of that Gilgal. the Tikkun for the eyes. Again, so much focus on the eyes. The eyes. Where are we? <coughs> Where are we? Hmm? Yeah. It's, hard. it's hard because the Basement was destroyed. And we become so distant from our Father in heaven. <coughs> so that we're, we're, we're so pained by this that we actually cry. Tears come out of our eyes. And tears, when tears are coming out of a person's eyes, that's part of the vision that's coming out of the eyes. As the Gemara says in Shabbos, page 151, that very often after a rain, the clouds return. And the Gemara says, Crying is like rain, tears coming out of the eyes. When a person cries, finishes crying, their vision becomes blurred. They lose part of their eyesight. Kemu come upon him. as Rabbeinazal speaks about this, in several places in Likutimran, Emran, Torah and especially in Torah Samach Zayin, in the second half of Likutimran, which is a major chapter of Likutimran about the three weeks and the nine days in Tishabov. So crying is again the, the vision going out. And by crying, by these tears coming out of our eyes and some of our vision coming out, this is the, we're pushing out the negativity, the stains, the damage that was done to our eyes by looking at the tigashmi'as of this world. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're really crying about. We're not crying about what happened 2,000 years ago. We're crying al shenemshachnu b'ri'iyoseinu achar histaklus al havle mazer. We're crying over the fact that we allowed ourselves to be drawn to look and be attracted to all the attractions of this world, the foolishness of this world, and through this, we become so distant from Hashem. Because again, the Gemara says, any generation during which the Beis Hamikdash is not being built, it's an indication that if the Beis Hamikdash was standing now, Hashem would burn it down. So we're not crying over the past; we're crying over the present, that right now we don't have a Beis Hamikdash because right now I'm not behaving the way I should be behaving. al Kane through this crying itself, where the tears are coming out of our eyes and pushing part of our vision out of our eyes, I'm pushing out the, the look of this world, and I'm preparing myself to be able to look into the future, to look at the tachlis, to look at the ultimate purpose for which I was created for. V'zehu, this is what the pasuk says in Echo, al ele ani Regarding all of this, I cry, ani ani yordomayim. My eye, my eye, releases these tears, the water. Why? Ki rochak nimeni menachem because my consolation is very far from me. Rav Zal says, look at the wording, I'm crying over how far I am, how far away I am. Because the greatest consolation, what consoles a person, when a person is enduring pain and suffering and everything is, the ability to look past it to know that this is all really for my good. No pain, no gain. We have that expression. So the pain is gain. The pain is, is pulling back, is going to propel me forward in a big way. <inaudible> but unfortunately, due to our sins, <inaudible> we, we, instead of looking forward, we look to the sides. We got distracted by all the distractions of this world. As a result of that, <inaudible> The cancellation the oilam haba, is far from me, it's distant from me. <speaking in Hebrew> because the, the tachlis, I'm very far, far away from the tachlis. <speaking in Hebrew> it's only by closing one's eyes, as we explained earlier, <speaking in Hebrew> that enables the person to be able to see the tachlis. <speaking in Hebrew> but... Due to our many sins, we look to the sides. As a result of that, we're far from that consolation, from being able to connect to the tachlis where there's no pain, where there's only goodness. Now, Rab al adds another very important point: the, the most, the most significant crying is al sreifas over the destruction of the Torah, because remember, the Gemara says that the passing away of Tamidi HaChomim is twice as difficult as the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh. shenim seru rozeho as the Sifrei Kabbal explain, <coughs> the secrets of Torah, the great light of the Torah was given over to the Klipois, has fallen into the hands of the Klipois. We have one example of this because people ask me about this at times. I want to mention it. There's something called the Kabbalah Center, and we hear about movie stars. <clears throat> people are the most engrossed in da Hayalma in this world. The entertainment industry, the actors, Madonna, they studying Kabbalah, learning Kabbalah. You know, and and we see that unfortunately, it's it's a study of Kabbalah without observance of mitzvahs. And I've, I've encountered people throughout the years, people that unfortunately were, were taken in by that, <clears throat> and till today, people are being taken in by that, studying the secrets of Torah without, without a base, without Pshat Remez without the halacha, without observance of the mitzvahs. And obviously, that's, that doesn't work, chas v'sham. Ki iker hu she Because as Rabbi Nassau explains over there in Yikutim Aran, when a person goes through this beetle, when the person closes their eyes and they connect to that super high place, that's not the solution, that's a band-aid. That's a temporary high. It's when the person comes down from there, and brings Torah down from there, and jumps into the Torah with Simcha, that's the solution, that's the permanent solution. The solution is, the real Nechama, is the Torah that a person is able to bring down because they went to that super high place. When a person connects that beetle to Torah, that enables the person to do this again and again, to be able to perform this procedure again and again. Because the truth is, a religious Jew should always be looking up there, should always be looking through a telescope, shouldn't be looking through this world. We should always be walking around with binoculars and a telescope, looking past this world, the foolishness of this world, looking into the next world, like the Avoy Shachdoshim, like Avram like the great Tzadikim. But the majority of us cannot do No way we can do that. Therefore, Hashem has given us the Torah. The Torah is a product, a byproduct of that Rashimo of that Kesser, that super high place. The Zohar Kodesh says, ilah nafkes." The Torah comes from Chachma Elah. There's a place called Chachma Ilah that's high, way, much higher than the Torah. The Torah comes from there. And therefore, by a Jew studying Torah properly and putting their eyes and heart into the Torah, loving the Torah and respecting the Torah, that can restart. That can give the person another round, another another round of this, of becoming inspired and becoming Nislahev to look up, to look higher, to look to that super-high place. And each time a person does that, each time a person travels to the roof, to that gag, they can draw new new revelations of Torah from there. And this is one of the major, major (coughs) benefits of a person thinking about the Torah throughout the day, thinking even when they're not sitting in front of a sefer. And then every single time that a person goes through this process. However, unfortunately, as a result of the destruction of the Beis Mikdash, we've lost a lot. Remember, the Gemara says in the beyamov any person who has das, it's as if the Beis HaMikdosh were built during his time. Because the Beis HaMikdosh was the center of da, the highest center of das. Again, you had the Sanhedrin Agdoila, you had the greatest rabbis of Klal Yisrael that were seated in the Beis HaMikdosh. And this is why we have to cry a lot over this. And this is why we have to cry a lot over this until we'll be able to, once again, draw Torah from there, Shehi Ikar HaNechama. That's our real consolation. That's the major, long-term consolation. We'll hold it over here for now. Rav Zal is still in the middle of this topic, and then he's going to go into, back to the topic of Mila and explain it with much more clarity and, and shed light on a number of other topics we should be azalecheh to absorb what we're learning, to fulfill what we're learning, and, and we should be azalecheh, on, on our level, it's brought that during the three weeks, that, that besides saying the trilois of chatzoyis at night, there's a custom to say tikkun chatzoyis by day, at midday. There are many people, that, so if a person didn't say it at night, a person has the ability to say tikkun chatzoyis midday, we should be azalecheh to think about the day samikdosh, to feel what we're supposed to feel and be zuchat to the gula shleimer, the building of the base of the shmeer, amen, amen, amen.